This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to Geekscape. And uh, I can't hear myself in the headphones, Jake, but uh, that's all right, what? I guess. Uh, yeah, there, <laughs> it's it, there we can go. Can you hear me outside can you, your headphones? Yeah, there we go. Whatever. That's what matters. Uh, you can hear me, right? Yes, I can. Uh, perfect. Um, sorry about that, Geekscapists. If this is your first Geekscape, like it sounds like it's mine. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking <laughs> movies, video games. We love talking about all the geek stuff. <laughs> movies, video games, comic books, TV, that's sci-fi, good. fantasy. And uh, I'm always joined by my co-host is kenny craig no we got will sterling over here and if uh that's your first geekscape if it's not your first geekscape you've been with us for like 360 plus episodes and i appreciate that thank you and we hope to deliver the same uh, kind of confused quality that we do today and i guess you're entertained by it uh but you also know that we always have guests in the studio and uh this week we have some pretty awesome ones we've got david Buttrell. did i pronounce that right uh yeah Okay, and, uh, and, and uh, yeah, sure, yeah, you did. Okay, close enough. Because yeah, it's either Bo, it's either Botrell or Botrell. It, it's Botrell. Botrell. It's, it's David. So I, I it's actually David it. Dean Botrell. So I got like three oh, names. But no, that's cool. no, no, I'm adding the Dean. It's very important. <laughs> Thespians need their hyphenates. Because you know what? Was yeah. somebody else a David uh, Botrell? No, I'll tell here? you that story later. Why it's okay. David Dean Botrell? He's in a shallow grave. Be only one, David. He's a serial murderer. There can be only one. And David's organized and is running this thing called SciFest. It runs in LA. Uh, I got the dates here from May 7th to May 31st at the Acme Theaters on uh, La Brea. And if you guys go to sci-fest.com, you guys can get tickets. And it's pretty exciting because there's plays. These are one-act plays. It's a one-act play festival, all sci-fi, plays written by like Clive Barker, Neil Gaiman, and they've got some amazing actors in it, some former Geekscape guests like Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt. And our other guest today, uh, Tim Russ, you guys know him from Star Trek Voyager. And uh, you know what? Like, I got to tell you, um, like two, three weeks ago, I realized that you were the guy from Spaceballs who hadn't found shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm not the biggest Trekkie, but holy shit! Oh! Whoa! whoa! He hadn't found you! Whoa! That's the guy! Have you found anything? Not yet, man. That's Not, right. yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I'm still see, looking. Like, when you see, like, the new Star Wars trailer, Tim, and, like, it's got all that sand, you're like, 
they're screwed. I think I think they need a sequel to Spaceballs where I do find shit. Yeah. That's the thing. Have you heard that rumor? <laughs> I heard that. I heard there. Yes, yeah, just a rumor. I don't know if they're gonna Ooh. do it or not. I, now, no idea. Come on, we gotta ask you. Like if they if, if, if like they Mel do, Brooks puts I'm it all definitely together. if Brooks is involved in any way, shape, or form, which he would be at least uh, you know right. overseeing it. But if he does, my agent will be on the phone. And we'll uh, we'll talk to him about it. There's gotta be. Yeah, I mean, it's, gotta, it's, it's a gag. It's a that runner. would be so I awesome. I feel like it's the, the opportune moment to make fun of the reboots, the, right. the, the sequels, the prequels. The prequels you, the, you're absolutely right. Yeah, like so endless. Right. What if yeah. he's like, no, we found shit, and he pulls out episode one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he goes, and it's a steamer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You know what? We have some prequel apologists in the theater, in in the audience. And you know what? It's okay to like things. We support you guys. and, And you know what? It's all about positivity, I guess. I guess. Is that what it's about? Um, I think it's about so. that, I guess. It's, like, it's all about I mean, positivity, you I always idiots. thought, like, I was like, Geekscape should be, like, the positive, where we're like, you know what? We're not going to nail stuff. We're not going to be what? nerds. We're not going to be snobs. I mean, I invited Will on the show because he's huge into, like, Batman, Superman, and I'm a Marvel guy. And, like, if we can't see eye to eye, how are we ever going to get through this? I mean, we got pummeled yeah. in, in high school just to pummel each other later on. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, but, 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 but Tim, um, you know what? Some of our video game audiences were excited because you signed on for Star Trek online. Yes. And that was like a big watershed moment with Star Trek online. Cause I guess it was something going on with like the Bradbury estate or the rights and like video games and Star Trek. And they were like, what was going on with that? I don't know about the, the, as far as behind the scenes or the backstory on it. I just know that, uh, when they contacted me about it, I had not seen the game online mm-hmm. you know, before I had actually recorded it. And uh, after it was done, I checked it out, and I was actually pretty impressed with the animation. So um, we did three different uh, segments of it. There may be some more down the line. Right. Um, I was I was impressed with the way it looked. The animation was actually pretty darn good. You play video games? Uh, well, I do, but they're all you know PS3 first first person shooter. That's what I do. Oh, no. do you really? Yeah. That's well, it, once. man. That's <laughs> it. And I also do, I also play online uh, and all an online uh, war games, uh, World War II war games. Uh, you you love that stuff? Yeah, Are you man. A historian I like flying and all this. Is, yes, I do. I love the history. I love all that stuff. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like in, uh, when you're Kenny's playing, like, like okay. I know. Yeah, I'm Kenny's ready. <laughs> You're part of the PC master race. I know, but uh, they, I, it's, all, it's all video games. So it's, it's cool. <laughs> so when Tim is on like online, these first-person shooters, I can't play them because I just don't want to be called like racist and homophobic as a <laughs> like a 16-year-old. Yeah. That's, you know, that's like, why you don't games. play Xbox. You mean things about your mom. You yeah. And I'm you're like, like, I already know. How do you survive game, that? The PS3 games, I mean, those are first-person shooter Online, I play it's a, it's a It's a war game sim with other people online. So right. you're playing against human beings, and it's flying. It's basically flying World War II airplanes from all different can countries. Can you talk trash? Yeah, you can talk trash. Yes, and absolutely. You, you, what's the worst thing that's ever been told to you? You know, we. They, they, uh, oddly enough, the, nobody really gets into too much anything social or politics or anything like that on there. They stay away from that stuff. It's mostly it's about what if you're German and you're in the U.S. Uh, yeah, it's nothing. It it's makes, like World it War makes II. No talk politics. It makes well, you're just it's all divided in <laughs> right, colors. Right. It's yeah. colors and the uh, equipment you use. Is from the different countries, so everybody oh. can fly the same planes. Oh, okay. But you're you're divided by colors. Whichever color you choose, that's what your team is, hmm, and gotcha. that's it. What's the name of this game? Cool. It's called Warbirds, actually. Oh Warbirds. yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, what's the worst? I set out a hit yeah. on Tim Russ. <laughs> Go find him. <laughs> Tim, what's the worst thing you've ever said to a child? <laughs> that's, that, that's really what I want to know. <laughs> a child. Most of those guys are like in their 40s and 50s. <laughs> no, 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 I know, but I want to know about the children. <laughs> <laughs> that you're like, you're, you're, you're a little kid. And I, yeah, you're I, I don't want to say what. It wasn't online. It was probably at some sci-fi like, like <laughs> festival somewhere. Like not not sci-fest, but it was probably like yeah. a convention somewhere. Like 
And it probably wasn't a, a kid. It was probably a 55-year-old I was just going to say, it's not that kids are fine. They're wonderful. The it's great. the adults that yeah. are yeah. The other guy's yeah. like, let me ask you a question. Like, why in that episode? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. Don't do this to me. Please. You're playing the game. You're killing me. <laughs> Have you had any, like, what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you at a convention? Uh, at a convention, I really haven't had uh, too much happen in, as far as actually going to the conventions and anything going on. I really, those are all very much, regardless of which country they're in, um, because there's fans all over the world. They're, they're basically the same. There's nothing unusual mm -hmm. about those because they're set up with a certain etiquette, a certain protocol, and fans all know what that is. They know how to do the dance, and, the you, and you've got the promoters and people between you and them, and it's just that there's not a lot going on there. Right. If, if anything happens that's odd or strange, it's outside of the convention. I was in huh. Spain. I was in Alicante, Spain, visiting my daughter's uh, uh, pa uh, mother's parents, and um, we had a, a we were in a motel, and a TV was uh, on the fritz. So we called the front desk. Kurt, come on, fix the television. The guy came out. And he's looking at television. He's tweaking. He's tweaking. I'm standing right there, and he's fussing with it. And he looks back, and he gets it going. And all of a sudden, the, the picture comes on, and it's Star Trek Voyager. It's <laughs> <laughs> a true story. And I was on the bridge speaking, and the guy's looking at it. You know, and he looks up at me, and he looks back down at the television, looks up to me again, and then he takes <laughs> off running, ah, running. Down, the, down the hallway yeah, to, to go tell everybody that he works with. I mean, it was just, that actually <laughs> happened. It, that in I Alicante, thought he was gonna be like, Spain, I, I was say, saying, I thought speaking he was be in looking Spanish. At Tim, you know? Looking at the TV, looking at Tim, looking at the TV, and be like, there's no black man in Star Trek. <laughs> what is this? And you're just speaking the exact same lines as they <laughs> were in the episode. Just, and we're like... Just mouthing it. He's like, what the fuck? What the hell? You should be like right behind him, like whispering it in his <laughs> ear. I'd be like, surround sound, bitch. <laughs> you got it working. A little back rub. <laughs> I like that he's running down the hall. He took yeah. off, man. He, he, he was... Opportunities like that are to scare people. <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. Did he get the TV working? He got, he got the he got TV working. working, man. That's it. That's that the main thing. hilarious. Where are you from? Uh, I'm an Air Force brat, so I was raised all over. I used to live in uh, Asia. I lived in the Middle East for a while. Uh, my dad was in for 20 years. So I was listening to uh, Joe Schwanberg on Mark Maron, and he was talking about, and he, he was like uh, an, an Army engineer kid. Yeah. And that really helped his directing because he had to almost uh, become a bit of a chameleon whenever he changed social situations. Yes. And I guess as an actor, same thing. That yeah, it's like you become, you get new friends every couple of years, every couple of months. And yeah, it's very much the same as working on a play. If you work with a right. cast and you get very close to them for maybe a year or something, rehearsing, doing shows, and then you say goodbye. Right. And that's the end of it. Same thing with a feature film. Same thing with a series. And also the uncertainty of knowing what's not knowing what's coming next. And, right. and when we had to move every two years, you, you didn't know where you were going, what you had to do. And yeah, you had to fit in. So there's a lot of us actually, uh, Army and Air Force brats, military brats that are in this business. Yeah. And, and my dad's yeah. job moved to me like every three years as well. Same thing. Spies yeah. Or yeah, no, he was actually, he was a minister and he had to change churches every three to four years. And then he went from there to working for the Department of Agriculture, who also moved him every three to yeah. four years. It has, Whoa. It has, a, yeah. it has, a, uh, it has an influence on you. It, it does. does. In the middle yeah. of the night, we got to go. They found us. <laughs> <laughs> like your teddy bear, you're like leaving him. No, Dad. In the middle of the night. These like no these like weird G men like show up on your lawn. <laughs> yeah. dun, dun, Department dun, dun. of Agriculture. He's actually yeah. growing. He's yeah. a growing. Yeah. He's, he's that's actually right. Right. That's oh right. God, found that's right. the briefcase, Mr. Black. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Batrell. Dad, that's not our last name. It is tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what protection program. <laughs> yeah, Don't make eye contact with man on the train. Uh, <laughs> we're being followed. You know, we're imaginative. We're storytellers. Um, so I got to talk to you guys about the SciFest because what's exciting about it is it's all one-act plays, and what happens, happens. I mean, there's no re-editing. There's no reshoots. Yeah. Uh, how many years has uh, SciFest been going this on? This is our second year. 
We just started last year. We started in 2014, and it was a big hit. So uh-huh. now we're back. Who screwed it up the most last year? Like, I'm guessing probably me. At, uh, <laughs> I think the energy. You want like the spontaneity of the theater, right? Yes. If, if, yes. Like, if you like want to see like some stuff, like I think if you guys want like love sci-fi, I think Ex Machina is a great sci-fi movie. It's out in theaters. But if you want like the spontaneity, like the uh-huh. energy of like the live performance, yes. the sci-fest has to be where you end up. Uh, I, I mean, I guess so. I mean, it, there's nothing quite like that. I mean, if anybody's ever gone to any kind of live performance, whether you're seeing a musician or seeing an actor perform live on stage, any of that is always, in my mind anyway, mm-hmm. when you when you experience it, it is more electric than watching something on a screen. That's my opinion anyway. Right. And so it's always a challenge to get people out. But once they experience it, it's a pretty cool thing to see it actually happen live in front of you. Not a recording of it, but the actual thing happening live in front of you. It's pretty amazing. But science fiction, it doesn't seem like science fiction lends itself to theater. Well, at least you don't think of it traditionally, right? Like, is there a long history of science fiction in the theater? Matter of fact, yeah, Lord Google, I'm pretty sure, will tell you you that there's nothing like this anywhere in the country, if not the world, except for here in Hollywood, right at the Acme Theater at the Sci-Fest. You'll never see anything like this. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. When he, when David contacted me last year about being in it, I, I sat up. I was in bed. I sat up. I said, what? What are you doing? Science fiction on stage live? He said, yeah, all these one acts, we're going to do this and that. I, and it was, I said, this is this is amazing. And sure enough, as we carried it off, it, it, it blends practical effects on stage. It blends lighting, sound, uh, multimedia, um, and, and then the actual actors on stage. It's, it's incredible. It really is. So it, it's not hampered. I mean... What are the creative obstacles to taking something that you expect to be FX-laden like in film and TV and then taking it to theater and being like, we still need to make this otherworldly or we still need to make this advancement. It's not just going to be like a bunch of heady dialogue about concepts Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not at all. That. No, not at all. I mean, I, I think the beauty of it is, I mean, the, the real template that we used was the Twilight Zone. Oh, the original wow, Twilight Zone. Right. So it's like hmm. a bunch of mini Twilight Zone episodes live on stage, yeah, like four cool. to five per night. Really cool. And I got to say... Uh, it, like any kind of theater at all, it comes down to the writing, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you have really interesting creative writers, you'd be astounded at what they can do. Who's this Neil Gaiman guy? Uh, this Neil Gaiman <laughs> guy? <laughs> he's, yeah, right, you know, right he's an up-and-comer. Uh, and, uh, okay. You're going to be hearing his name in the future, I'm telling you that. You're going to be hearing that Neil Gaiman guy. You're going to be hearing from him again. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we did... We did some pretty amazing effects last year. I got to say, we we floated astronauts in space last year. Like that, like that uh, John Bon Jovi video for "Living on a Prayer," where he flies over the crowd. <laughs> no, better than that. <laughs> better, yeah. Actually, better even better than, than, bon than that. Jovi. Better than Bon Jovi. That was better, yeah, better we than actually, Bon Jovi. We better had that on the poster. I was on the poster. Better than John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Uh, it, we floated astronauts in space. We had this guy's face growing out, out of, of a wall. wall. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. We, like at the Crossroads uh, video from Bone Thugs? <laughs> sure. <laughs> have you seen that video? Can't oh. say that I have. Oh, man. That's a, that's no, a you're the most video gangster one here. I have to see you yeah. make connections for sci-fi plays to, to Bone Thugs. <laughs> guys, yeah. guys bone thugs. as a cultural enthusiast, I bring it all in. <laughs> and I spit it all out. You got guys, to. We got to keep up. We got to keep up. I'm strengthened by my complete inability to keep a thought. Is that, the, uh, <laughs> is that the song from Batman and Robin? Is that the Bone Thugs yeah. song you're talking Maybe. about? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, could be. Kiss from a Rose. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so what happened last year was people dug those effects so much that when we came back this year, we really picked faces. a lot of plays 
that we thought could have a really interesting visual component. Yeah. So we're doing a bunch of new stuff. We have like a giant insect on stage. Uh, no spoilers. We have to, we have to, that's, okay. that's okay. That's all right. There's not, that that's awesome. not a spoiler. Yeah, it's no, not a spoiler. No, no. Uh, we're ripping somebody's head off in one of the plays. Awesome. Uh, we got a bunch of aliens in another play. It's we got it's we like got a some pretty cool show. stuff if happening. If we can do it on the BBC in the original Doctor Who, surely yeah. we can do it better these <laughs> yeah. days. You bet. On stage. I gotta go. You bet. Right? It sounds awesome. The Acme yeah. Theater. Yeah, they yeah. actually have like Acme stuff from like the Roadrunner and the <laughs> giant anvils. <laughs> this sounds awesome, uh, guys. We're gonna give you more details. We gotta pause for a short commercial break, but we're gonna give you guys more details about SciFest LA. If you guys do want more now and you can't wait, it's sci-fest.com. We'll be right back on Geekscape with more from David and Tim. Hang tight. All right, Geek Davis, we're back here. We've got uh, David Dean Potra. Thank you. Uh, who you guys may recognize from, um, uh, uh, what's the uh, the werewolf vampire show, True Blood? Yeah. You did some True Blood, right? I did, I did. Uh, I did some True Blood, and I, you, most you people... You want to do some True Blood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got some in my bag. You want to do I'm cranked out on that True Blood. If... <laughs> uh, um, if people know me at all, it's from Boston Legal. I was oh, yeah? on that for a while. Yeah, yeah. I was a reoccurring psychopath on Boston Legal. Did they have aliens or anything in it? They did not. They, I was pretty much the closest thing to an alien they had on that show. But, uh, <laughs> this is Geek's pretty damn close. It doesn't have a uh, sex robot on it. I want to be known as a reoccurring psychopath in real life. There you go. <laughs> well, it's not that psychopath. hard to do, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, he does have three names. So, <laughs> that's so, why. Uh, so t- talk a little bit about the makeup of this SciFest. So you've got uh, two different... Um, what is it like? You've got you've got a section of plays like you you show up and you either see this section of plays or that section of plays. There's two different. Types. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a festival, which means you know there's there's multiple programming. So programs. there are That's two actual full programs. There's program A and there's program B. Okay. Program A runs for a week. We switch to program B. Then program A comes back for a week. Then we switch to uh, uh, did I say that right? And then yeah, program yeah. B finishes. So it's it alternates week by week for the month of May. So if you miss something that first week, you can see it in the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You can come back and, and catch the it. The cast doesn't change or anything like that. No, well, we have a couple of cast changes because of scheduling issues. Sure. We got a couple of actors that got to go do other things. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, yeah, you'll see the same cast. And what makes I mean, when can I go see like the Clive Barker one of the Neil Gaiman or maybe uh, Clive Barker and Neil Gaiman? Those pieces are both in program A. Now, that doesn't mean the program B isn't awesome. It is. Because no. yeah. <laughs> had a stack of all, all But Hubbard for scheduling plays. reasons, those two are in I'm the gone. same, I'll uh, be there. same but program. These, but the thing is, like, this is also a great place to discover new talent yeah. you know, that you, have, you know, haven't right. heard about Indeed, either. yeah, absolutely. What, what's I mean, some of the stuff you're excited about? Uh, I'm, you know what? I, I tell you, I, I thought the scripts were great last year. I was really impressed last year. And we got, I think, 350 scripts sent to us last year. Whoa. Jesus. And we produced nine of those shows. Oh, my gosh. And this year we got 650 sent to us, and we're producing 10 shows. Yeah, and it's it's incredible. And uh, and again, the plays we picked, I'm just in love with. I'm I'm just out of my mind crazy for them. And the other thing we really try to do is we try to make sure because sci-fi is a big umbrella, like a lot fits under it. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to make a really conscious effort to get a, a good range of sci-fi in it. You know, there's time travel play, and there's a ghost play, and there's a there's a monster play, and there's an alien play, and there's a little bit of everything in there. That's and so some awesome. of the stuff That's is. So cool really there's a couple that are really unsettling and there's some (laughs) that are hilarious like hilarious there's one that's extremely topical about race relations and it's set on a planet in the future but it's it is a parable for everything that we live with in this country today and so it's uh, we're really excited about that one because that's something we've never tried to do before but we really love this play and we're we're going with it so it's really exciting we've got a a comedy sort of noir piece that's kind of funny we do we do Blade Runner? no it's the isn't that like a sci-fi like isn't that like a sci-fi noir? 
But it's a funny Blade Runner. Right, exactly. Blade Runner was funny. No, when he said more, I was like, okay, like Blade Runner. Yeah, like no, yeah, exactly. Blade funny. Blade Runner ish. But yeah, no, I mean, it's been an incredible year because we started last year's on a song and a prayer, and like you know, a few months ago, I was sitting at my desk, and an email popped up and said, Clive Barker is sending you a play. Oh my god. What? And then you know, three weeks later, I got an email saying Neil Gaiman is going to give you the rights to this story. So it's been a big year for us. I mean, we took the elevator up pretty fast. Yeah. So now did Gaming give you the rights and somebody adapted it right then? Correct. And then. Okay. We, I, I, got, I picked up the phone as soon as the ink was dry and I had a friend of mine <laughs> adapt that script who's hilarious because oh, the script, yeah. the, the short story is hilarious. Yes. It's actually his third story he ever had published. It's the case of uh, 4 and 20 Blackbirds. Yeah. And it's basically uh, little Jack Horner is this hard-boiled noir detective who's trying to solve <laughs> what's actually the murder of Humpty Dumpty. He was pushed. <laughs> he was pushed. It was the king. Come on, man. That it was the king. Yeah. Neil so it's wrote like, when he was four. It's, it's kind of like, like Roger Rabbit live funny, on stage. Right, right. It's I bet very Neil Gaiman wrote that before he was 10. Yeah. That's how talented he is. He's yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to give him my nine-year-old. Like, my, like, my script is a nine-year-old. Here's my fourth grade literature paper. Yeah, yeah, it's still better than anything that anyone else read. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. you read it, your nose starts bleeding. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> scanners, your head just blows up. <laughs> I'm rethinking my entire life. Uh, what do you do, Tim, in the uh, in Sidefest? Like, what, what portion? I'm going to be go involved. See? I'm going to be involved in a radio play. Last okay. year, I did the same thing. I did a comedy uh, radio play that was an original piece. It was written. I, what was the the writer? I can't uh, remember. Michael Bernard. Michael Bernard. And it was a very funny piece. Uh, it was a, an alien love story, as it were, uh, like it Romeo brought the and house Juliet. Down. It he was, was very funny, and I played a general, and I'm playing a sergeant, a police sergeant in this one, this piece, and it's also a comedy piece. And interestingly enough, it's it's an extremely funny piece, but it was not written as a funny piece. Yes. Oh, it was really? written That's as a scary the piece. Yeah. Disrespectful it's, to the writer. It's, it's, <laughs> well, it gets better. It gets was it written by the same creator as The Room? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Not exactly. Oh, not The Room. Exactly. Oh, I have a scary play. Oh, hi, hey. Hey, Tim. Oh, Tim, Tim you want to be in my play? No, I did not <laughs> What are you doing? Uh, I, I, I went to Wahoo's. Dude. I ate at Wahoo's and I saw him pulling into the parking lot. And like, I was like, it's kind of weird seeing him in the real world. I have a. Wow. I've had. I had his hair still the same. Yeah, I had him on Geekscape, and I thought he was gonna eat me. Wait, wow. he was on Geekscape. I was yeah, Tamari so was on Geekscape a couple years ago. I worked with him for a period of time. Really? I saw him on Kamikaze. That's a long story. What part of the program is is the radio play in? I want to that. That is in Evening B. It starts Memorial Day weekend and goes through the end of the festival. So that that's one that joins the festival as of the twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a radio play. Like, how does how's that actually performed? Like, we're like on stage. Are you just on stage with yeah, the, we're just, just on stage exactly with how we the are? microphones and everything like that. Exactly. Yeah. The sound effects and things going on. That's There's cool. also visual things that are going on as That's well. Cool. Exactly it's like a Gallagher like, show. Exactly yeah. like Watermelon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gallagher two. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly just like let, old radio plays. Just less in front of a studio audience. Old radio plays used to be done. Yeah, yeah. I go to the SciFest and they start like handing out aprons when I walk in. I'm gonna be a bit disturbed. Like, I don't know about this. Yeah. You're in the splash zone. You're in the splash zone. <laughs> yeah. Just warning you, hands up. Hands yeah, up. The, uh, the play that uh, that Tim is doing, the radio play, is actually from 1950. It's a 1950s radio play, and it's about these magic machines called Logics. Mm. And you buy one, and you could ask it anything, and it will give you the answer. Like Siri. Ex- exactly, my friend. <laughs> exactly. But 1950. Except... There's a block on the machines that keeps them from telling you evil, bad things that you shouldn't know, but somebody gets past that block. So suddenly How do it's you like, not kill one with someone with an axe? Exactly. <laughs> precisely. How do you get away? How do you get away with killing someone with an axe? And so it's this very it's this very prophetic piece about 
the internet, about right. Siri, about all of that that's kind of part of our oh, lives now. So we just trust these machines to go, what do I do next? And they tell us. Where do you and, find some of this material? Is it? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty relentless in looking for material. I, I just kind of, I'm on the hunt all the time, which is, is how I found that play from 1917 that we're doing this year as well, which is the oldest sci-fi play ever written. It was written in 1917. It's this one act called Efficiency. And uh, Tim was talking a little bit about it you know, on the break. But it's, uh, it's about, it, it takes place in 1917, and it's, and it's about war, essentially. But this emperor uh, is told by the scientists, we've we found a use for all those horribly maimed soldiers. We can rebuild them as fighting machines. Yeah, so it's like the Universal first, Soldier with Van Damme. Right, <laughs> but it's the first, the first reference that I know of of a cyborg, of the idea right. of a human Whoa. being being yeah. built with machine parts in 1917. Wow. And so and it's a beautiful play. It's actually quite scary, and what it's is, held up beautifully. And we're it doing called? it again. It's called Efficiency, and Walter Efficiency. Koenig, the original Chekhov, oh, yeah. is in it. Wow. Yeah, he what? plays That's the scientist. Cool. Yeah. And that, what's that? Wow. Program. I'm going that to is, both that is program B. I got to go to both you, you got to yeah. go to the. Yeah. Walter's, only go to in, Walter's only in the first four shows because he's got a commitment. Oh. Well, I'll go to the program B twice because after the 24th, I got to see Tim yep. make funny as the sergeant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll give you all these schedule. dates. I'm Email me, I'll give you all the dates. Hey. This sounds awesome. Yeah, it, it is awesome. And you say it's you say it's the first like sci-fi thing ever written, but that's like as we know it because I'm sure there's cavemen no, no, writing no, no, sci-fi. No, 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 because I'm sure there's sci-fi. There were some Egyptians. There were some Egyptians doing it. There were some Egyptian sci-fi. What if we walk straight? That sounds like. I mean, those guys are building the pyramid, man. They must have had some. You know, sci-fi back then, a wheel, right? Exactly. no one knows what this magical wheel is. Never a le- be invented. A lever. Oh, we have a lever. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we got to. Okay, I'm going to run my calendar. Okay. Probably more um, trippy than ours. What makes good sci fi <laughs> to you, guys? Um, I'll you tell you what makes good sci fi. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you to you in, in the form of a story, which is I drugged some friends of mine to see it last night. And you my managers. Them? I, I drugged <laughs> them. I drugged them. And got them to the theater. Once they came to, they were in the theater. And that included my agents and managers. And when I spoke to them the next day, I said, okay, thank you for the compliments last night. I'd like to hear what you actually thought. <laughs> and they said, you know what? We didn't want to come. We were dreading it because we hate sci-fi. But you know what? We loved it. And you know why? Because the stories were all human stories. They just happened to be in this bizarre world. Right. And that was the highest compliment I got. At which point he rips off a mask and goes, no, they weren't. <laughs> I believe that. I've been I think among your people for 30 I, years. Yeah. But I think that's good writing is that it's, it's that notion of these are all uh, human stories that just so happen to be as yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sci-fi, yes. romance, whatever it yeah. is. And that's where you know it comes from a character standpoint, a, a personality standpoint. All the best sci-fi asks some kind of question. How yeah. would you act in this situation? Yes. If you were confronted with this, if cry this happened... Cry and in the corner. Yeah, and for myself, I enjoy science fiction because, number one, your your possibilities are endless in terms of the storytelling. Yeah. It's They're unlimited. And, and also, you can take a, a concept that you're very familiar with time, for example, and just turn it on its head. You can take a simple concept and just look at it from a different angle. Just turn it sideways right. and look at it. All of a sudden, you have a whole new perspective on things. Yeah. So to me, it's the it's the, the, the unlimited possibilities for imagination and storytelling. To me, that's the best thing in the world about science well, fiction. The answer I was looking for was green babes. We got some kind of gold uh, babes. They're not yes. exactly green, but they're kind of they're gold. Beggars can't be choosers. Well, I'm making escape. They'll look, they'll look green to me. I'm colorblind. I'd, like, I'd be like, hey, sweetie, uh, you know how we're never saying anything, cult- like doing any cultured stuff? You want to go to the theater? They got green babes. Green they got no gold babes. Gamora. Gold babes. What's that one, green babe? My wife's like, I always wish you'd take me to the theater instead of going to see these nerdy sci-fi movies. 
You want to go to the theater? You said you want to go see the theater? All right, we'll do it. All right. You didn't marry no nimcompoop. I get halfway through one of the plays, my nose is bleeding. <laughs> these thoughts, these weird concepts, they're too much for me. Um, guys, this is really exciting. Um, what What is like the next thing for SciFest? Would you like to maybe tour? Uh, you know, I tell you, I, I, I kind of love that it's happening in L.A. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's L.A. has like an incredible connection to sci-fi. It's the home of Ray Bradbury. It's the home of Octavia Butler. It's the home of Lee Brackett. It's the home of uh, Jerry Niven, major sci-fi people. And L.A., like the TV and movie industry, took sci-fi, which was kind of pulp, like mm -hmm. in the 30s and 40s, yeah. and turned it into a billion-dollar global oh, enterprise. Absolutely. So enterprise. in my opinion, this... This town like should celebrate its history with science fiction, mm -hmm. and I hope that this festival will become its hometown sci-fi festival because there's nothing like this anywhere. Yeah. And right. one of the things we did this year to expand it a little bit is uh, we did two short story contests. And what's happening is they're, they're very short stories are like 1,500 words, which is about eight minutes when it's read out loud. Uh -huh. And we are reading the five finalists of celebrity, sci-fi celebrity people are going to be reading those five finalists, and then we're going to announce the winner and give away a prize. The first one is for adults. That was an international contest. We had uh, people, who, people who came from all over the world mm -hmm. sent us stories. And then we also did one locally for L.A. Um, high school students. Hmm. And the winner of that particular competition, whoever wins... Uh, whatever we take in at the door that day is going to go to the winner's high school science department. Whoa. Oh, that's because cool. Because we believe, or I believe, right. I should say, that art needs to support society. Like right. It needs yeah. to give back to society. And not just preach at it, but actually give back to it. Hmm. And that's this is the beginning of that, as far as I'm concerned. I'm hoping I can build that into a larger thing so it's a scholarship. But for right now, we're going for the science department. Perfect. Um, guys, we're going to hear a lot more from David. Tim's got to run. He's a musician by day. No, he's an actor by day, musician by, by night. night. <laughs> not unlike the superheroes we love. We'll be right back with them. Uh, we'll be right back with Dave talking a little bit more sci-fest and maybe some news. When we get back, hang tight through the credits. Or through these ads, you got me all discombobulated. You see, <laughs> thank you, Tim. I'm not qualified thank you guys for very it. Much. Thanks, Tim. Fantastic. We will thank see you on the next one. Alrighty, we'll and hang tight with us. Geek Tape is where we are back. All right, Geek Tape is we're back here with uh, David Dean Botrell. And uh, he's, we're talking SciFest, and, and he's saying some really interesting stuff during the break. Uh, during the actual episode, I'm like, well, I can't get anything out of this guy. But <laughs> during the break, uh, we were talking about Black Mirror, which is the, yeah. uh, the the BBC show. And you had some really good points about why uh, the, the, the remakes of Twilight Zone never work. And yeah. I think it's really interesting and it, at the heart of what science fiction does so well yeah, that you yeah. guys talked about earlier. What would you say? Uh, yeah, well, actually, we were just talking about this. But it, it, I was talking about how great the original Twilight Zone was and how no one's ever been able to recreate that uh, up until recently, until Black Mirror, which I think they've actually knocked it out of the park, mm -hmm. the BBC did. But the old Twilight Zone episodes were very much a reflection of the anxiety of that time period, which was about the atom bomb and the Cold War Co yeah, and, the, and the great anxiety that we could, like, you know, destroy ourselves or be overrun by communism or, hmm. or some kind of crazy thing or space exploration. Like the was day just, the Earth still, that yeah, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. all that stuff. We were yeah. just beginning to explore space. It was brand new at that point. So who knew what we were getting into? So there was a lot of, like, weird feelings around that. So that all the Twilight Zone episodes were sort of about that. Also, civil rights was happening. And mm -hmm. there were a lot of Twilight episodes, Twilight Zone episodes that were about that. Star Trek, too, had a lot of, you know, civil rights issues in those things. Right. And now, when they've tried to remake it, they've tried to revisit some of those stories, and they didn't play because times had changed. Mm -hmm. And what Black Mirror does so beautifully is almost every one of their stories has something to do with either media 
or uh, technology. Mm -hmm. There's something that's gone horribly wrong. Like we sort of didn't pay attention and it kind of slipped away from us. And now the world has transformed into this scary, terrible place where we don't control it anymore. What if I submitted a play it. to you uh, for next year where uh, like the future society only, t like people only talk in 140 characters? So <laughs> done. The tweets. Done. Yeah, no, 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 no. In their entire <laughs> lifetime, they yeah. can only speak yeah. 140 uh, characters. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm sending like, you a contract mm, tomorrow. Done. Mm, Consider that sold. And they can only Snapchat to see each other. And, what? Uh, they, they only they, can they, talk they, they via swipe, penis pictures. It's like if you accept this woman, swipe right. You know, it's like the wedding. It, yeah. The wedding. It's like if you if you want this person to be your lawfully wedded husband, like swipe right, swipe, yeah. swipe left, and if they swipe left, they go in like a pit and get eaten. No, beautiful. I like that. I like that. Great twist. Yeah. I like it's that. all social Crocodile. media, but like social media to the death. Oh my god! I'm writing it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's called. Jonathan, well, we'll just talk idiot. among ourselves while you write that. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, 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 writing this dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> so how? Um, th these are one act plays. How? How? Please be awesome. What's Will. the average in the length of these pieces? You know what I mean? Uh, they run anywhere from. Uh, I think the the shortest one we've done was 11 minutes, and the longest we did was maybe 25. Minutes. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. So far. So yeah, they're they're kind of bite sized, but that's kind of good for LA. LA yeah. has kind of a short attention span. Well, welcome the to world the social now. media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You guys yeah. want to read my play? 140 characters? <laughs> no. Just, How long is it? Just, it's 140 characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to swipe right. That's so much work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Maybe it's a haiku. Uh, I don't know. That's also kind of the beauty of it is yeah. if you don't like the first piece, there's four more behind it. Right. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. uh, it's a little bit of everything. It's you get a little bit of you know, it's kind of a smorgasbord. I remember you guys from last year. I was like, I ain't never heard of this, and I'm a dope. So like. Like new things, you know what I mean? It's just they, they, you know what they. Why you try know what it new things? You know, it, it was a the major old mistake. Things are right. Watch Friends it's again, man. Jonathan. It, it feels like it feels like too much of a risk because like, I like what I like and I'm gonna do what I do and yeah. and you need like convincing and usually you just end up missing out. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, gotta, and this sounds exciting to me. I, I gotta say, you know, when we did it last year, one of the we, we had a guy who was kind of our marketing director and he mm. was trying to kind of pinpoint our audience and I was like. I don't know. We've never done this before. I don't know who's going to come. Right. And and the most incredibly diverse group of people. I mean, everybody from senior citizens to teenagers showed mm -hmm. up for That's this amazing. last year. And I don't. And like at a certain point, I literally was in the lobby saying, "Hey, can I take your picture?" Because there was the only way yeah. I knew to kind of like get some idea of this. Right. And I took a zillion pictures of completely the people who came. Completely different demographics. Right? Completely across different across the board. Completely different. Everybody, like I said, from sort of people who you know from the fifties and who read Ray Bradbury all the yeah. way to people who you know only know Star Wars. So wow. it was kind of like it was pretty amazing actually who showed up. I bet you there's a lot of geekscapists who like go there, you know, like uh, like ex guests and things like that. Yeah. Because um, it sounds like exactly the kind. Of, it sounds like a melting pot of a lot of people who used to be on the show or have been on the show before. Or like, or, so it's like it's on me for not going last year, and I'm not going to miss it this year. It sounds amazing. Uh, and I, you know, what I love, I love that it runs for four weeks. Like, what I lo love is that you get multiple chances to see it, and it's not just like. Like how like May seventh through May thirty first, but how many times a week is it? Uh, it's uh, we do four shows a week. Yeah, Thursday through Sunday. So you, you're gonna get your chances to see it. Um, if you guys want any more uh, information on it, side-fest.com, and uh, that's where they got the dates. That's where you can find out who's in what. Uh, you can see the entire program right there. Um, I think it's amazing. What, what do you do? Like, what's the rest of the year look like? If, like Sidefest is like the one the thing that you do in May, and you probably work up to it for months. Like beyond being an, a working actor, like what what else is going on? I, I there's nothing else. <laughs> it's like six hundred plays. Six hundred plays. You're a recurring well. psychopath. I, I have to say, <laughs> I'm a recurring psychopath. I do that a lot. Uh, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I, I also teach. I teach the American Academy of Dramatic Arts there in the go. mornings. Yeah. Uh, I also, God bless them, they're very very generous to me because I I have to leave fairly often to go mm -hmm. away and do acting jobs, and they're very very nice about that. 
Thank you, American Academy. And, uh, <laughs> Isn't shout it? Out, like well, shout out to you. I was thinking Academy. about teaching. I was like, I like teaching. Uh, yeah. I like being a teacher. I do. Like, yeah. well, one day a week, I'm a teacher. Yeah. And, uh, and whenever I think about it, it's like, oh, it's taking away like the, like my opportunity. I go, no, Indiana Jones was a professor. So you can Absolutely. You bet. Yeah. You yeah. Bet. So he took some time for, off to go on a yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't know what happens. You don't know what happens once I get out of here. I got a life. And he could have done that. Maybe he taught that Monday night class. And he was on an adventure from Tuesday, yep. to, Tuesday to Sunday. Sunday. Absolutely. Blow darts flying out of him on yeah, Monday. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Six days. And do you ever have to teach the students who like do the love you thing with their eyelids? No, I don't oh, know what that is. In Indiana Jones, yeah. when like, the girl winks. And she's I remember got, being a little kid and seeing that the first time being like, what the heck is that? That is so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about um, that for sure. Tim so, was doing that to me earlier. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a couple uh, big things that happened in uh, in the geek verse. The major one, of course, is Avengers 2. Yeah. I haven't like, seen it yet. Have you seen it? I saw it. I, uh, the the fine po- folks at, fi- at uh, Skype, for which I'm an ambassador, sent us to like the Skype fan screening uh-huh. uh, Thursday night. But I really had a double superhero night. We've been talking about this movie, uh, The Death of Superman Lives, What mm-hmm. Happened, from John Schnepp. He had his premiere Thursday night. Now, this is a documentary about what happened to Tim Burton's Superman that yeah. was supposed to happen in 98, 99. Nick Cage, right? And I got to tell you, like I, I had uh, if John's listening, I was so worried about this movie because you – you know, you see John on social media being like, we finished the movie. It's like three hours before the premiere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, dude, like you're editing right up until the end of the premiere, which means mastering. Or, he's I mean, playing or it out of Final Cut, actually, yeah, onto like, the and screen. I, and I'm just worried because like it's an intense workload, yeah. yeah. you know, and I'm really worried about the movie. And I got to tell you, the movie is so much fun to watch because it's. It's interesting to me, and I think he has the best perspective. It's like at the time we were listening to this Tim Burton stuff and Nicolas Cage being Superman. At the time, you're just sitting there going, no, this is all wrong. Looking back 16 years later, you wish you had that film. Right. You know, because you know they were just going to make it more Superman movies, and sooner or later they were going to do like the Henry Cavill ones or the, the, the good looking, you know, traditional Superman, but it would have been awesome. Ralph. Yeah, it would have been awesome to just see that one that was like weird. Like, like just having yeah, a yeah. weird Superman. In. Jeez Louise, was this Superman going to be weird? So if you guys get a chance to watch this movie, it's going to blow your mind because some of the, they went through three writers, the first one being Kevin Smith, uh, and, and they just went through three of these. I mean, the whole thing was a fight throughout, and then they get three weeks shy of actually starting to roll film on this thing, wow. and it dies. And wow. it's, and a, it's an incredible business, story. My friends. Yeah. It is an incredible <clears throat> story. And, the, you know, he got Tim Burton for this movie. He got right. Kevin Smith. He got all the writers. Uh, and um, and he got John Peters, who had the rights to Superman, still has the rights to Superman. Huh. And I got to tell you, like, John Peters, that interview is – every time they go back to that interview, it is just amazing because the level of kind of cuckoo that comes out of that guy's mouth yeah. is – amazing <laughs> like we love john peters because he helped bring superman to the screen and he scares me <laughs> like some of the stuff he says is uh you know it, it makes you wake up a little and he believes wholeheartedly in it i guess he's got that conviction that you need in hollywood because as dave says like um sometimes you get it yanked out from under you at the last minute and you got to be able to pick yourself back up and go right. Uh, so Did he talked to the Salkines. I mean, as far that? as crazy goes, they kind he didn't, of started. He did not talk down. to the Salkins, but uh, they went down but, the path of crazy. Yeah, I, I love that story about like the Richard Donner, Richard Lester stuff. Like that's fun, stuff is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is like that. If you guys really love the way that that movies are made or not made, uh, you got to seek this out when it when it hits. Um, I, I thought it was incredible. I thought the content of it was phenomenal. And um, and then for, right from there, we went down the street to see this. Uh, 
El Capitan Skype screening of mm-hmm. Avengers 2. And uh, I can't spoil Avengers. I'm going to have uh, Ian on the show to do an intense one. You want that? Yeah. yeah do you like I mean, the Ian episodes? Yeah, when we, yeah. When you like did the Daredevil one, that was fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear the same thing so, again. So uh, I'll sit Ian down to really go into uh, Avengers on, in detail as only Ian can, but just broad strokes, I, I liked it a lot more than the first one, and I do like the first one, but you guys have heard me say that I feel like the Avengers are a little passive, they have like Loki's staff, and they sit and wait for him for most of the movie, right. and I'm like, or the, the early part of the movie, I'm like, no, a little passive protagonist, this movie starts at a run, ends at a run, it runs the whole time, if it had a lot of energy, uh, that being said, I need to see it again. Is this when Spader's in? Yeah. Spader's yeah. In? Yeah. yeah, and he's awesome, yeah. and like, the whole cast is pretty awesome, and this one felt like an Avengers comic. The first one felt like the setup and like kind of the the intermingling of all the Marvel properties to that point. Like mm-hmm. it was like, all right, we're gonna see all these tendrils come together. Here it's like, no, we're we already set everything up. If you haven't seen the other movies, we're sorry. This isn't for you because it is the most referential and dependent of the other movies. Okay. The continuity of any of them. It, it just hits at a clip, doesn't let up, and it's just it just hits your head. So I don't even know. I know I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's good, because yeah, okay. I just got like smacked repeatedly by this movie, and it right. was so impressive that I'm like, I really liked this movie. Was it was it technically like a good plot? Like, I, I don't know if I care because I really had a lot of fun watching this, and I'm not gonna complain about cotton candy. Sure, <laughs> even yeah. if my teeth are rotting. Right, out. right. Because who's that a hole? That's what <laughs> that's what I say all the time. You know what I mean, Dave? Like you, you loved like, it. You yeah. claim it, own it, my friend. Let's do own it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had loved fun. It. I had, had a fun. great time. If, if, if it's a little nonsensical, who cares? So am I. You guys heard my outro for the last commercial break. Peace. Peace. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what I'm saying. Um, you, you I know it was fun. You, you know, you said with the, like the first one, like if you weren't cut up, you'd have a hard time with that first one. Um, and I know that they have like really like intertwined a lot of stuff with um, uh, like um, Agents of Shield and yeah. uh, well, like what Agents do you, of Shield went right into right, it. it was right. awesome. Well, what do you need to be caught up on to see this movie? Like, what would be the best things to be caught up on in order to see this one? Or do you need to be at all? Oh, boy. Like, um, everything? Uh, because that's, that's like, one thing I hate is, like, oh, shit, I had, now I have to catch up with every single thing know, in order to see Avengers. to the tune and of 191 domestic dollars this weekend. Yeah. They're not going to have problems with people hating this or being slipped. No, 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 like, no, no so I just hate being caught up. I hate having to be caught up. But are you actual, caught up? What have like, you not seen? Are you looking for she- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, I mean, I've seen, I've seen all that. But I'm Shield. asking. I'm not asking for me. See, I'm asking I don't for everyone else. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. I, and, I'm t- and I'm telling you that I don't think anyone else is not going to see this movie having not seen these other giant, ginormous box office monstrosities. What, what, what would make it better? Uh, you got to see the Captain America movies because yeah. like the, dis- the dissolving of S.H.I.E.L.D. from Winter Soldier has to be in it. Like That's big. Uh, Thor. There's a bit of Thor in mm-hmm. the last Thor. There's not much Iron Man 3. Good. But there's 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 some Iron Man and then um, a little bit of Guardians, kind of definitely Avengers. Really? And there's some stuff and the in the Avengers. Stones. The Stones yeah. play a lot of the the whole Infinity Gem stuff. Like uh-huh. from Guardians plays a big part in it, not directly to Guardians, but you start to see the importance of the Stones, and it's all setting up for the whole Thanos kablooey that happens. And yeah. um, in Agents of Shield, just watch last week's episode. Just watch the one that came out the week of Avengers coming out, mm. and it mm. ends with we have to go and do this thing that ends up being the first scene in the movie. Interesting. And that's uh, cool. And I mean, you can obviously go in more depth from there and right. be like, oh, but this corporation is in the background of this shot, and it, you know, the, the Peggy Carter series. It's like you can do that, but yeah, that's, you, that's, you, I haven't you know, watched that. You, you don't have see to, Agent Carter. I love Agent Carter. I thought Agent Carter was great, and, God, and I love that show. And Haley Atwell has a little bit in this, yeah. and I'm in love with her. 
Did you see her who's license? Not? Who's not? When I saw that show, I was like, did you see her story about her California yeah. license? Yeah, she dressed, up, she dressed up like Peggy Carter for she her license. She dressed up photo. like what? Peggy Carter for her wow. California yeah. license. Wow. What a sellout. I think everybody at the DV was so grumpy that it was like a better It was like a better day, right? Like, what was it? Oh, was it? Or she had to like leave during, or something like she had to leave during the shoot because she had an appointment at the DMV. No, that's her experience. So she showed up and she posted her license with the proper blur out. So she posted her license on line and I'm like that's awesome that yeah. is pretty awesome that, I'm showing up as Gumby <laughs> and be like that's me I'm Jonathan Lawson <laughs> I'm up to my face like, yep. whatever the I'll, green I'll be pokey okay <laughs> yeah. I'll be I, I still need the I'll blockheads blockhead. in my collection yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's the only thing I'm missing out of my collection about Kenny? he is a collector of all things Gumby Gumby interesting really? Really? Does not you know who's a collector of things Gumby my dad yeah probably the same age you guys you guys would would have a good time chatting pulling arms like pulling Will's arm and be like let's get this longer boy stretch arms strong my dad was my upbringing yeah get on this donkey and then pokey ride him around I'm gonna paint you green I don't know why my dad's like a southern hick all of a sudden. Did you see Ex Machina, Dave? No, I did not. You know about it. I do. It's Alex Garland one. Did you see it? I didn't see it. How long is it? That's my question. Because I kind of want to see like um, Avengers and Ex Ex Machina. And I was wondering if I could do it in the same sitting. Although that's pretty much all I do all day. Well, if somebody did 29 hours of Marvel (laughs) movies, you could do both of those movies. Yeah, if these kids can do these Marvel marathons where like by the end of it, they're eating each other. Yeah. (laughs) You can go. So I had no ass by the end of that. So you're saying you should bring up. It's like two hours and like 15 or minutes. Right. Avengers like, 2? Oh, yeah. One minute l- less it's than the first like, one, right? It's like two and a half. Two and a half almost. something. I think. All right. So you're saying really? I should bring yeah. a friend for a snack. If a friend is like through. a yes. pot to piss in, yeah. 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 All right. All right. But definitely, definitely like, like I thought... I thought Ex Machina was like, it's going to end up I'm, being one of my top five movies. I'm really wow. excited about it. It wow. was awesome. And Oscar Isaacs, who you guys saw in those like new release like Star Wars photos of him as like the TIE fighter pilot. you've seen him pilot. in a million other things? Oh, shit. Like, I seen him. Right? This guy, Oscar Isaac, is awesome in this movie. Hmm. Ex Machina. And, and the girl who plays the robot, the AI, uh, yeah, her phone hasn't stopped ringing since this movie came out. She's Got phenomenal. The previews yeah. are amazing. They really are. It's really. I think this Alex Garland guy may have a future. I'm just kidding. He wrote 28 Days Later in Dread. He's, <laughs> he's pretty talented. He's an up and comer. He's yeah. pretty awesome. Have um, you heard of this Missy Elliott? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so Dave, I know, Queen I, know you, I know you have yeah. some amazing talent at SciFest. Uh, who are the ones that, like, surprise you, like, like, like that, you're, that you hadn't heard of, and it's like, you guys don't want to miss their 1X? Because you hadn't heard of them, and then their play was one of the ones submitted, or you found it somehow. Like, who are the, who are the names that... Here on Geekscape, these are the names that in the future we're going to know. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to throw a few out. Nathan Wellman, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joel Silberman. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we mentioned earlier Michael Bernard. Okay. Uh, so just who am I, I'm obviously going to blank now. I know. That and guys, don't be here, offended. But, You've all uh, don't be offended because you're, you're all great. Yeah. Six on great. Neil. Look, Neil, Clive, great. you guys uh, are great. There's a guy named uh, <laughs> uh, uh, G. Clarence Davidson who wrote okay. Hell of a Play. Uh, some I, they came from all over the place, which is kind of cool. There's a guy from Baltimore. There's a guy from uh, Florida. They, Why are they, they all kinda, guys? That's what I'm gonna ask. What about uh, you the know, females? we had we had mm-hmm. women who submitted, uh, but we also had an amazing number. I mean, there weren't that many women that submitted, and like I said, we had 650 scripts, so we didn't. Both of them you know were I mean? great. They were great. <laughs> they were all great, but it's very hard to pick 
you know, nine shows and have it be balanced and they wound up being all guys and don't hate me. But we have women directors. Okay. Ooh. Okay. There you go. We have women directors. We have people, and have women, women lead characters. Have people been critical of, of the lack of female Well, not characters? till you pointed it out. I mean, yeah. Now, now yeah. I'm going to get what you did. <laughs> tons He's of, got a big Now I'm going to get tons of evil male. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something cool. Let me tell you something cool. They're all white dudes. I don't know what of them could be. I don't know. They're probably all white. Okay. Listen, let me tell you something cool, though. We're starting something out of nothing right now. Jonathan. Remember that high school writing competition I told yes. you about? All five of the finalists are girls. Wow. Sexist. All five of the finalists are girls. And we put them in a cage. Incredible. And they're all great. <laughs> we put them in a cage and made them fight with a cheese grater. Wait, what? They're underage, okay? Brother, no. It's, no, no, it's, in a it's cage fighting. Fight. It's, it's not so sexual. Hey. Yeah, blood hey. is not hey. sexy at hey. all. Hey. Yeah. Okay, where, okay, what happened? It's the Hunger Games. Yeah. You know, the Hunger Games? Yeah. Hey, kids, which one of you guys want to be in sci-fi? All right. Yep. Here's a cheese grater, and you guys fight it out. Um, so nine shows. Okay, so you're a big what sci-fi fan, here? Dave. I'm sorry. Tim was the one keeping it together. With no, me. I know. Yeah. No, okay, all right. So, like so, so, so you've got these names, these new yeah. guys, Nathan, Joel, Mike, and G. Clarence Davison. And they're going to – I mean, guys, honestly, go to side-fest.com. Look at the roster. Know the names because it's, I mean, Dave's telling you these guys may be the future of science fiction. Yeah. Let me tell you some of the actors, okay? okay. How's, how about that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in addition to Walter uh, Koenig, who's from the original Star, cast, uh, Star, Star Trek cast. He was Chekhov. Uh, he was. He was Chekhov. And we got, of course, Tim Russ, who was here earlier. Mm-hmm. We got Armin Shimmerman from Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Gerald, uh, oh, what's her last name? Gerald Sales from Walking Dead. She was in the first season of Jonathan yeah. Walking Dead. Uh, uh, and let me, uh, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting... Uh, 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 Jessica Nicole from Fringe, uh, Eddie Eddie um, McClintock from uh, Warehouse uh, 13. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, he's doing a they show. They got everybody. Yeah, yeah. Now, no, it's now, incredible. Is what this, else? Yeah, go ahead. Is this limited only to famous actor people, or in year three, do you guys open up casting? Oh, to? listen to Will. Oh, oh listen. <laughs> one thing I listen. didn't want him to do. Just look. I'm are, just saying, LA actors listen to this podcast. I'm, you know, I'm they might want to know if they could get into sci-fi <laughs> stuff. Every year, we make a concerted effort to get some people into the festival. Obviously, that people know from various series. But there are 60 actors in this festival. Will Sterling of Geek Team? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, that's such a big credit, right? It's like 60 <laughs> actors, man. That's a yeah, lot. Yeah. And so we have we Thank get a smattering of like people that are known, like Dale Dickey from True Blood is an amazing actress. Yeah. It was on uh, Winter. She was in Winter's Bone. She yeah. played the creepy yeah. lady in Winter's oh, I Bone. I loved it. And uh, she's God, she's amazing in this play. And so anyway, there's uh, we got a lot of interesting people, but also they're surrounded by you know regular folks like you and me. Hey, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Who's like your, you know, obviously you got Neil Gaiman and Clive Barker. Yeah. Like, who's your wish list? Like, dream, you know, because you sound like an amazing, like, like you, oh, like it sounds like you're a well of knowledge as far as sci-fi goes. Like, who are your dream creators to send like a play in next year? Like, it's well, like, you know what? I mean, I God, I'd love it if like J.J. Abrams sent me something. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> if, if Josh Wheaton sent me something, that'd be kind of nice. You know, Guillermo del Toro. You know, I mean, so, hey, <laughs> any of those guys, if they if they want to write something, send it to me. But right now, one of the things I'm trying to do is like I'm uh, there's a Stephen King story I want to go after next year. That'd so, be awesome. You know what I mean? There's one of his stuff or his uh, son Joe Hill. Has yeah, got a who's huge amazing. Name, like, oh my wow. God. He's amazing. Yeah, comic book fans, I, I, you guys. Know oh my God, like, he's an incredible writer, key. that guy. Huh. So yeah, 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 yeah. I I actually got hired to to adapt one of his stories into a screenplay a few years ago. Whoa, it was, oh wow, it that's was, fucking awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, so, guys, 
Sci-Fest.com. I wish we had more time to talk to Dave because I wanted a wish list of like more comic creators and, right. and sci-fi creators. Uh, but guys, we're here every week. Uh, go check us out at Geekscape.net. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that. But the main thing right now is this thing runs from May 7th, May 31st at the Acme. You're here in L.A. Uh, Thursdays through Sundays. Sci-Fest.com is where you uh, want to see everything. And we will see you guys next week for Kenny Craig and uh, Will Sterling and David uh, Dean Batrell. This is Geekscape, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks.